All right, friends, I'm so pumped on this episode. You are going to love it. Make sure that you are in a comfy place or on a really long walk so you can listen to every word. This is one you're going to want to share with friends for sure. Friends, last week, the Avis family got to join the National Down Syndrome Society's Down Syndrome Advocacy Conference in Washington, D.C. It was incredible, and we're so grateful for the opportunity. If you ever have a chance to go to Washington, D.C. and meet with your representatives and talk about issues and legislation involving Down Syndrome, I highly recommend you do it. Today on this episode, we're going to be catching up with three self-advocates from previous episodes advocating for the Down Center community from the steps of Capitol Hill. We catch up with self-advocates Kayla McEwen, Matthew Schwab, and Charlotte Woodward. We're so excited to hear from them. So let's get right into that. It's time to shout some worth and shift some narratives for people with Down Syndrome. Friends, welcome to the Lucky Few Podcast. Like so many of you listeners, when I first learned that I was going to have a child with Down syndrome, I jumped ahead to their future, like way, way ahead to all of those unknowns. And it becomes incredibly overwhelming. One of the overwhelming tasks before us with our child with Down syndrome was a financial plan, Um, a financial plan for Macy and then eventually August and their futures was incredibly overwhelming. I had heard about something called a special needs trust, but I had no idea what that really meant or where to even start to learn more. So enter Enable. Upon meeting the team there and learning about their services, Josh and I felt a huge weight lifted off of our shoulders to sit down with experts who have created a proven process and they offer one-on-one guidance was exactly what we needed to create a plan for the future for actually the whole family. I cannot recommend Enable more please go right now and check out enablesnp.com. That's enablesnp, as in specialneedsplanning.com. Okay, before we start in with these interviews and these little catch-up opportunities with some of our favorite podcast guests, I'm going to read a review from one of you listeners. This review is from Anonymous, oh, it's exciting, who says, I've listened to this podcast since the very beginning. I look forward to every episode. The three hosts bring such unique perspectives. I don't have children with Down syndrome. However, I am an educator, and this podcast has helped remold my educational philosophy. Thank you so much for sharing that. We love to hear that educators and people outside of the Down syndrome community, well, you're in the community if you're a part of the Lucky View podcast, but if people who are not specifically connected to a person with Down syndrome. Uh, We love to know that you're listening, joining in on the conversation, and we're grateful you're a part of the lucky few. If you, our listener, have not left a review yet, don't forget to do so. You can head over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review today. Thank you so much. It means a lot to us. Okay, friends, this was my first time being at the Down Syndrome Advocacy Conference with the National Down Syndrome Society. So this is what I experienced. I'm going to give you a little overview of what we experienced 
and share a little bit more about what it is that we were advocating for, um, our three guests who are on today's podcast episode all were there and are major key players in advocating for Down syndrome when it comes to laws and legislator legislation. So here's what it was. They have a pre, an optional pre-conference day with all kinds of learning sessions around education, employment, and health and wellness, all in regards to Down syndrome. There's also a session for people with Down syndrome, for self-advocates. And then the next day is legislative training day. Whew, and was it just that? While I did feel as though I was drinking from a fire hose, and to be honest, listeners, this kind of language is not my lane. It's not, I, I took notes, I listened really closely, and while in the moment I was getting it, it just left my brain real quick. Um, I'm not real great at politics and when it comes to like political language. Like what's a caucus? I've been told a hundred times. I can't define it for you right now. I'd have to Google it. This is just where I'm at. And NDSS does such a great job with the training that I did learn so much and felt pretty equipped for the next day, which is Hill Day, where we take everything that we learned as a group and went with our fellow state constituents to the Hill, as in Washington, D.C., and had meetings with our Congress people. We met with our senators and their staff, and we met with our representatives and their staff to advocate for Down syndrome. Let me tell you, this was, it felt like an opportunity of a lifetime, and our kids were there with us the whole time. There were over 100 people with Down syndrome on Capitol Hill last Wednesday, which is just so cool to think about that people with Down syndrome were just walking the halls, sitting in meetings, advocating, advocating, advocating for the rights of people with Down syndrome. Is it a shame that we still have to do this? Absolutely. Is it awesome that we get to? Also, absolutely. Both things can be true at once. So let me tell you the main pieces of, I guess we could call it legislature that we are advocating for, the policies that we want our Congress people to um, sign up for. Okay, first is, we invited everyone to join a, congress a congressional task force on Down syndrome. So in support of all of the legislative priorities, the National Down Syndrome Society is asking congressional task, is championing the congressional task force on Down syndrome. It's bipartisan, and we're asking legislators to commit to educating members of Congress and their staff about Down syndrome and advancing legislative priorities that positively affect the Down syndrome community. Um, this is in partnership or collaboration with Global Down Syndrome Foundation and the National Down Syndrome Congress. They're working together to create this task force. So that was one of the asks when we sat down with our Congress people. And then under health, um, you're going to hear an update here from Charlotte Woodward. We were asking that our congressperson, our congressman, support the reintroduction of the Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Prevention Act in the 118th Congress. So the bill is named after Charlotte Woodward, who is an advocate, which again, you're going to hear from her in just a minute. She's already been on the show before. I got to sit down and with her, meet her in person. She is unbelievable. So she has Down syndrome. She's had a heart transplant, a life-saving heart transplant herself over a decade ago. And since then has been advocating tirelessly to ensure that others with Down syndrome and other disabilities have the same access to life-saving care that she did. So we're asking our Congress people to 
support this legislation because it would prevent discrimination based solely on disability in the organ transplant process. And it provides additional legal resources to people with Down syndrome and other disabilities if they needed it, if they were to have experienced discrimination. This law has been passed state to state in 36 states in our nation, but it has not been passed federally and we need it to be federal. Okay. The other piece of legislation that we were asking our congresspeople to join us in supporting, it has to do with Alzheimer's disease. Right now, there's a lot, a lot of studies on Alzheimer's, but it's not often connected to people with Down syndrome or people with Down syndrome aren't also included in the research. So we're asking that the, that the research includes people with Down syndrome and when it comes to researching for a cure and treatment for Alzheimer's disease. As far as employment and economics goes, did you know that there are lots of places, lots of states that allow a sub-minimum wage for disabled people? Yes, this is a terrible thing. It's as low as like $4.30. Basically, what we were asking our congresspeople to support is to pass bills that will phase out the payment of sub-minimum wage under the Section 14C. So states that have, there's already states that have taken this step, but it isn't all states and it is completely unfair and unjust in the human rights issue that disabled people are paid sub-minimum wage. So we're asking for that to be changed. Then the last piece that we were inviting everybody to be a part of is we're asking for more funding for the INCLUDE Act, which stands for Investigation of Co-Occurring Conditions Across the Lifespan to Understand Down Syndrome, INCLUDE, project at the National Institutes of Health. So what this one is saying is with the goal to improve the health and neurodevelopment of people with Down Syndrome, the INCLUDE project launched in 2018 in support of the congressional directives So NDSS supports continued funding for the INCLUDE project because it will allow the NIA, the National Institute of Health, to expand its research efforts on Down syndrome and the co-occurring conditions people with Down syndrome experience. There's all kinds of research initiatives under the NIH, and only a few include Down syndrome. When we know people with Down syndrome can be included in so many more efforts, Down syndrome, you know, so many health Areas of health are affected by Down syndrome, so we're asking our Congress people to please provide more funding for the INCLUDE project. Okay, friends, if you're like, Heather, all of that was over my head. Well, it was mostly over my head for a while. Um, I don't even know that I summed it up correctly here. I think that our maybe someone from NDSS who's listening will, will write in and be like, Heather, that was really poorly done. But maybe I slayed it. You can head over to their website and read up on all of these initiatives for yourself, all of these policies that we are advocating for on Hill Day, right? But that was what was happening in this conference. At the same time, all of our kids and the youth were in their own track and they were learning also about how to advocate for these policies and advocate for people with Down syndrome. And then we all joined together on the Hill and it was just unbelievable. Um, So empowering, so inspiring. I freaking love people with Down syndrome. I mean, what a treasure all y'all are. And to call you friends and to call my children, my children was a thrill and for truly to be involved. And she wrote this beautiful letter that she read 
out loud to our representatives um, all about how important it is for Mason and August to use their voice and what that means. And what was beautiful about this too, friends, is while all can feel so overwhelming, what kept what we kept coming back to when it comes to sharing is your story. What matters here is our story. So with Charlotte Woodward, it's yes, it's this policy that we want to see passed and there's all these numbers attached to it and da, 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 all the things I don't understand. But at the end of the day, it's the story of a woman with Down syndrome whose life was saved because she wasn't denied a transplant. There were people at this at the conference whose children didn't have the same experience who, because they were denied a transplant, passed away. And so the it is amazing to get to tell our stories and attach it to this kind of advocacy. So there we go. That is an overview of what it was that we were advocating for at this conference. We are here with some amazing self-advocates, Kayla McEwen, Matthew Schwab, and Charlotte Woodward. We're so excited to get to catch up with them during the National Down Syndrome Society's Down Syndrome Advocacy Conference in Washington, D.C. Let me remind you a little bit about each of these guests. First of all, we'll start with Matthew Schwab, who is an extraordinary self-advocate. He gave a TEDx talk all about inclusion in the workplace. He also was a keynote speaker at this event, as was I. It was so fun to get to hear him talk in person. He has his own public speaking business. Um, he lives a full life between jobs, volunteering, and friends. And he just started his own podcast called Matthew Schwab Speaks, the podcast, Thriving with Down Syndrome. You may also recognize him from episodes 66 and 83 of our podcast. Then we have Charlotte Woodward, who is the Education Programs Associate for the National Down Syndrome Society, where she supports the development of education-related resources and educational policy initiatives. Charlotte was born with Down syndrome as well as a heart condition and had four open heart surgeries when she was young. She is one of the very few people born with Down syndrome to receive a life-saving heart transplant, and she regularly shares her story to educate and advocate for others. You may recognize her from episode 160 of our podcast. She is the name behind the Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Act which ensures that providers cannot discriminate against patients in need of an organ transplant solely based on having a disability. This was one of the initiatives that we got to advocate for while we were meeting with our congressman on Capitol Hill alongside the one and only Charlotte Woodward. And then Kayla McEwen, who works to advance legislation beneficial to the Down syndrome community. Kayla gained experience working with members of Congress as an intern for Congressman John Katko of New York. She was named NDSS Self-Advocate of the Year in 2016 and joined the NDSS staff the following year. She's the first registered lobbyist with Down syndrome. Kayla is a spokesperson for NDSS and the Down syndrome community, participating in media and speaking publicly, both nationally and internationally. She's also a board member on the Lucky Few Foundation. She's also one of my IRL friends. I adore her so much. You may recognize Kayla from episodes 17 and 92 of our podcast. I got to sit down with all three of these incredible humans who happen to all have Down syndrome and got to catch up with all three of them. Here's my conversation with Kayla McEwen, Matthew Schwab, and Charlotte Woodward.
We are live. Are you ready, August? Someone to someone to. All right, Kayla, my dear Kayla listeners, Kayla and I are in real life friends, IRL friends now, and I'm so happy to be here with you in DC. Okay. You've been on the podcast a couple of times, yeah. and we just want our listeners to get an update on what's happening in your life. So my first question for you is, are you still involved in Special Olympics? Yes, I am very involved with Special Olympics. I'll play, I play many sports each season, and upcoming will be bocce ball, which I'm very excited for. Bocce ball? Yes. And what's your favorite? Is that your favorite, or do you have another favorite event to participate I love basketball and floor hockey. I've been the goalie for my team, so I get to smack talk the other team members. <laughs> smack talker and Kayla. Okay, and then Kayla, can you <laughs> remind our listeners what it is that you do for NDSS? Sure. My name is Kayla McEwen, and I am the manager of Grassroots Advocacy, but I'm better known as the first registered lobbyist with Down syndrome, so I can help advocate for myself, Maisie, and many others. I love it. And what is, and what is the your favorite thing about being a lobbyist? My favorite thing about being a lobbyist is going to the hill and talking to members of Congress on the issues that impact the Down syndrome community, as well as those who are differently abled. Okay, and can you tell us um, any of the current bills that you're lobbying for right now? Absolutely. We are currently working on the transformation to competitive integrated employment so individuals like Maisie and Matthew Schwab and many others don't get paid under minimum wage, which we call sub-minimum wage. And then we also have the Charlotte World Organ Transplant Discrimination Prevention Act. Um, it's based solely on a person's disability uh, so we can get that um, organ that we so really need to live. And then we're also working on the marriage equality. Listen, I have a boyfriend, everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're currently 10 months dating, long distance, but we're hoping to get married at one point. And, to be, and if we did, our incomes will combine. And we both lose our vital benefits that we so crucially need today. So it's between do I marry the man that I love very, very much? Or keeping our benefits. Mm-hmm. We can't have both, sorry to say. Mm-hmm. But those are the bills that we are like, look, looking into. And yes, I, I am lobbying for a And I'm sure when you talk to Charlotte, she'll probably explain the whole bill much more in detail. Amazing. Thank you for doing that with that work for you and Mason and August and everybody with Down syndrome. Okay. Can you tell us why it's important to advocate for Down syndrome on Capitol Hill? Why is that important to you? It's so important to me because we get a chance to share our voice. Our voice are so collective when we put it together with Maisie's and Kelly's and so many others because it's our personal story that matters the most. And it's unique to the person. So they know when they go to put a bill on the floor, like, Oh, we're gonna remember Maisie. Or we're gonna remember Kayla's story because that's what happens when they go to put it to a vote, and they can remember us by always talking to us. But I always like to say we we all pass one leg at a time. I love it. That's so good. Yeah, telling your story, connecting your story to something that matters that you want to see some change for. Kayla, you're slaying it, girl. So grateful for the work you're doing. Deeply, deeply, I'm grateful for the work that you're doing and for your friendship. Keep it up. Absolutely. I love you guys and your family, and I can't 
believe how amazing you guys are and being able to link it back to the lucky few even better. <laughs> Thanks, Kayla. Thanks, sweetheart. So shout out to the lucky few. <laughs>I'm so happy to be here with you. Dun, 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 dun. Matthew Schwab of Matthew Schwab Speaks. Matthew, it is so good to see you. Thank you for having me again. So fun. And I got to meet your mom. Well, I've met your mom before, but your mom's here as well. And Lucia, your girlfriend is here. And her mom, who I got to meet for the first time. I'm going to start with that. We're going to ask you some questions. Um, our listeners love some follow-up after you've been on two episodes of the podcast. So we just have some follow-up questions and update on your life. And let's start with Lucia. All right. Let's start there. How are things going with you guys? Uh, we are, are doing well. We're still doing our ballroom dancing. Now, two years and counting, we've done three showcases so far, and we're preparing for our fourth one. And we may be preparing for our second competitive ball. And our third showcase, we had a judge, and we won first place one of the first place people there and for our first competitive ball it was through all the Fred Astaire dance studios in the region like, t- like Tennessee, Georgia, that region of the country. She, Lucia and I have won first place in our age frame so we're, we're really excited about that. Oh my gosh, that is exciting. Congratulations. What? So it's ballroom dancing. What are the specific dances? I don't know a lot about ballroom but I know there's like Tango and waltz and whatever. What are the specific dances that you guys do together? Yes, you're right. But all the ones that we do is 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 salsa, rumba, waltz, and swing. Okay. Do you have a favorite? I don't. I love all of them. Does Lucia have a favorite? I mean, she likes the salsa. She likes the salsa. Yeah. So fun. Um, I want to come to one of these dance routines sometime. Is it always in North Carolina? Um, it's in Fred Astaire Dance Studio Durham. The showcase is, is, is combined with the Fred Astaire Studios of Durham and Raleigh. So fun. We'll have to get some videos. Do you have some videos you can share with us? Yes, from the previous two showcases. Okay, we're going to have links in our in our show notes because we got to share those videos. Um and then you're still living in an apartment with your brother. How's that going? That is going well. Uh, as I mentioned, like like January, we, we got our second year extension. So we are working on our second year extension of our lease. But we're still enjoying every moment together. We're talking each other's ears off. We're chilling. We're, we're working. We just are a, a, a normal brother 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 relationship um is there last time you were on you talked about some of the things that were challenging when you first were living alone independently and is there anything that's come up since then that feels like a surprising thing that's hard not anything hard anymore we have we have the hardships under control so where i am right now is the perfect level for 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 me, so nothing has changed since. It's good to hear. Um, anything that's been that's been really fun that's surprising, or anything new going on at home that's fun. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm being like me being twenty five years old 
it gives me a, a, a different perspective because each, everyone has a different perspective when they are kids all the way up to adulthood. But when, when even in adulthood, there's multiple perspectives. A perspective as a young, young adult when you're 18 years old and then when you're st- starting to reach maturity at the age of, uh, age of 20 and 21, there's a different perspective. Yeah. But there's a, my perspective is the, the real adult perspectives like like oh marriage let's get in, engaged let's let's move, let's move, move out let's figure out the whole transportation aspect all I'm, I'm i'm lucia and i are exploring the, the next stage and that's over overwhelming me but in, in a good way <laughs> um i like that so much can you share about Transportation. What do you do for transportation, and what are some of the difficulties, and what are some ways that you're solving those problems? So uh, the the difficulties is that individuals with disabilities have unreliable transportation, only relying on like like maybe public transportation, allowing like two three hours out of their day, taking like six to seven methods of transportation, which is not good. And I believe they should rely on more reliable transportation because, like, I think it's easier for them to either drive themselves or take something like Uber or Lyft because it's more direct. It's not like like Go Carry or Go Raleigh, where it's like one stop to another stop and then to another stop to another stop, and carving out like hours out there. Their day, and that's where the employment part comes in. Because if they're not working as many hours as they they, they need a, a week, they're spending more time on on the road than than the, than they are actually working, and, and that's not good. Yeah. Um, you shared in your talk today, which I want to talk about in in a minute, but you shared about speaking of transportation that you flew by yourself for the first time. That your mom was scared. <laughs> How was that experience? It was a, a a blast. Like previously, I haven't fl- flown by myself before. I only flew with my my fa- family, and so I mean, it was like like last year, sometime like mid last year, when my mom said that that she has her sister that lives in in Colorado. She has her own family with, and two of them are my cousins, and and they're both. They both had disabilities. They're bilaterally deaf. So, so, and, and the funny thing was that when my mom, Michelle Schwab, mentioned it, and she's like, "Hey, it'd be kind of fun if you flew by yourself." At first, I thought it was just a joke, like a, a hypothetical. And then, <laughs> yes, and then, and then mom's like, saying like, "No, really, you're doing it yourself." Like, like, uh. and I was like. From from there, I was so ecstatic because because you would think like 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 so, someone like me without disability would fight by themselves like like since they're like either eighteen or twenty years old, but but at least doing it at the the age of twenty five, I I got to have a, a a fun time. That's cool. That's great. That's great. I fly by myself a lot, and I actually like flying with people more. But it is fun. It is fun to get to do that. So today at the conference, you were the morning keynote speaker, um, and you gave an incredible talk. You are just unbelievably talented. Friends listening, if you have 
any kind of events that you need a speaker for, um, Matthew is your guy and you need to go to his website and book him before he books up because you're just, you're so talented and you're so good in your messages. So relevant to lots of different people. And what is your favorite part about being a speaker? I just love being myself and I, I love not being nervous on, on stage. And in fact, there's one thing that I said during, right before my TED talk that I kept saying that I was too nervous to feel anything but excitement. And my quote since the TEDx was, I'm mic'd up, I'm psyched up, I just need the people. Yes. <laughs> mic'd up, psyched up, you just need the people. Speaking of, do you have some speaking gigs booked out for this year? I mean, so, I, not, not scheduled yet, but they're early in, in, in the books, they're in, in, in development. Anything that you can tell us about or that you're excited about? I'm going to a, a new state, which I haven't gone to before. I'm, uh, hopefully, I'm going to New Orleans to speak. That's great. Um, and then, Matthew, we're here at the conference talking about advocating on Capitol Hill. Have you have you been on the Hill before as an advocate? Um, no, this is not my first time in D.C., but my first time in D.C., with NDSS, in fact, it it it, it was a, like several months of making a partnership with 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 them, with Ryan Rotundo and and Fidoa, and and one one of the first things that I got to do into filming this partnership with them was having meetings with Ryan Rotundo, even at my place of employment, and 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 Fidoa, she invited me on the the NDSS Down Syndrome Ambassadors Program, and I, I've been on there for a, a few months now, and I'm enjoying that experience. So I have to thank Anna Fidoa and Ryan Tundo of NDSS for allowing me to be part of this partnership with them, and and, and, and thank them for ha having me here at this advocacy conference for the first time in my life. So thank you. I'm grateful to them as well that you're here and we're first timers here too, but can you speak to why you think it's important for people with Down syndrome to advocate in politics? Yes. There are other fields of, of advocacy, which are not politics, but I think the most impactful way is politics because that's where things can get, can get done. They appropriate the necessary funding for, existing programming and making new programming and, and and also looking to research all kinds of research and and find very different innovative ways to do it so and also it's important for all of us with disabilities to advocate but i think out of the ones with down syndrome i mean all the resources are out there just most of those resources are more geared towards the the younger side, like the infants, infancy and teenagers. But but there's not a lot in 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 the adulthood part of the spectrum because there's there's either post secondary education, like a lot of recreational opportunities, but but there's like little to no professional opportunities, and that's why the local Down syndrome associations are are making their own job placement programs programming and I, I believe that we deserve a chance to not just get a job but to have a 
a job that means something to us and have a job that is the same or similar to someone like us in our age, which don't don't have a disability. I agree. I agree. And I'm grateful for all the work that you're doing in that space, Matthew. Um, last question I have is, do you have any fun or exciting summer plans or plans coming up? Well, I mean, as professionally, not, not, not much that I can share yet, but personally, there's lots of stuff that like Lucia and I are, are heavily invested in our relationship. So, so stay tuned for the, the next development because, <laughs> because we're, we're looking into the next, next phase of, of our lives because since we're, she's 26 and I'm 25 years old, the next logical step for us is, is marriage. So we're starting to explore certain aspects of, of that, that field. Currently we're exploring the, living independently and, and aspects like how would it affect our employment, existing employment and how it affects our current trans transportation aspect and our relationship with our families. We're, we're figuring that out and and Lucia and I are, are planning to do more ballroom dancing so stay tuned for our 6th, 7th or 10th or showcase so stay tuned for for those and also I just love doing what I, I, I love personally and professionally so stay tuned for the next big thing that's coming up we absolutely will I will be staying tuned and watching closely because you are a treasure Matthew I'm so grateful for your friendship and for your voice in the world and for the work that you do thanks for being on the podcast today thanks for having me Heather I am here with the one and only Charlotte Woodward, who we've had on the podcast in the past, and we get to meet in person today. And I'm going to ask you some follow-up questions um, because I know that myself, my co-hosts, and our listeners have a lot that we want to know about what's going on in your life. So thank you, Charlotte, for being here. Well, thank you for ha ha having me again on this podcast. Our pleasure. Okay, first question. Charlotte, do you have any updates on finishing your sociology degree? If you can believe it, I graduated from George Mason University last year in May oh with a sociology degree and uh, with a concentration in inequality and social change. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Uh, did you have a big celebration? How did you celebrate graduating college? I had one great big uh, graduation party at my grandma's. How fun. Was there dancing? Not not really. I wish. <laughs> next time. Next time they'll be dancing. Okay, and Charlotte, can you remind us, and maybe it's changed since last time you were on, but what it is that you do for the NDSS? I, well, I transitioned from being the community outreach associate to being the education program associate. Uh, the main reason being uh, is that Education is my passion, and I want uh, uh, self-advocates with Down syndrome to have the same opportunities that I was given. I love that so much, Charlotte. Um, what does that look like, kind of your day-to-day -day work, or what are some of the things that you do under that role? Well, 
I enjoy giving uh, speeches. I'm not scared at all. I also uh, lobby Congress. I I uh, create resources, uh, and and I hope to have a self advocacy magazine. Uh, 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 soon, uh, it's going to be uh, digital instead of uh, instead of an actual hard copy. Is that is that a new thing? The self advocacy magazine. Can you share more about that? Um, it is still in the works. I'm still working on it, so I will uh, let you know when that is done. And that'll just be available online. Correct. And is that through NDSS? Correct. Oh, I'm very excited for this. We'll be on the lookout. We'll probably need to have you back on again to share more about it when that happens. Okay, so we are here today, and you mentioned part of your role is going on the Hill and lobbying. And the reason that we're in person together is for this conference um, where that's exactly what we're going to be doing. And one of the main focuses for tomorrow, when we're recording this, it's a Tuesday. Tomorrow is a Wednesday. We're going to all together be on the Hill meeting with our um, representatives to lobby for five different areas. And one of those is, has to do with the organ transplant discrimination. Can you talk to us and remind our listeners um, about what it exactly that is? Uh, sure. Uh, like I had said in my uh, heart transplant journey a few hours ago, uh, the, uh, uh, the doctors decided that I would be a good candidate for a heart transplant. Uh, they could uh, have easily uh, just looked at my Down syndrome diagnosis and and just uh, discriminate against me. They could have denied me a heart, and that's the part that really gets me emotional about this story because uh, uh, being discriminated against and being denied things that doesn't feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about um, the bill and I might say it wrong here, but it's the Charlotte Woodward. You, you say it. What is the bill that you've been working so hard to put into place? Well, we work at the uh, local state and national levels. The state bill is called Non-Discrimination in Organ Transplantation and the federal one, which we are currently educating, <laughs> and the and, uh, 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 recent one is the uh, uh, Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Prevention Act. Okay. And where are we at right now as a nation with that? Uh, well, it has been introduced in the Senate this morning, the uh, federal bill. Amazing. Woo! And the timing is exciting, right? Because we're going to be on the Hill tomorrow advocating for that bill to be passed federally. Today, when you were talking about that, the difference, because it's passed in different states, right? There's different state protection for organ transplants for people with disabilities, but it needs to be federal. Can you explain why that is? Uh, sure. Like uh, Anna Federer said before, uh, about its 
it's really a matter of interstate commerce. A uh, good example of that is uh, my heart came from Kentucky, and and. Uh, and you don't live in Kentucky. And I don't live in Kentucky. I think it went a brief bit to Ohio, uh, uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm not quite sure of all the uh, legalities about that. Yeah, but it, correct me if I'm wrong here. Organ transplants are, it's a federal program, right? So you can pass things state by state, but ultimately it needs to be passed federally so that there's some consistency in how transplants are decided. Does that sound right? Uh, consistency is correct. Okay. Uh, people and organs are crossing state lines almost every day uh, to access uh, a life-saving organ transplants. And, and uh, because of that uh, inequity and and inaccess and inaccessibility uh, uh, there really needs to be something on, on the books uh, federally yeah. yeah and so one of the legislative priorities for NDSS and for this conference is the Charlotte Woodward Organ Transplant Discrimination Act Prevention Charlotte can you talk to us about why it's important to advocate for Down syndrome on Capitol Hill it's very important. Uh, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago, uh, uh, a few centuries ago, not long ago, that uh, people with Down syndrome were just uh, a, a sidelined and afterthought uh, when it came to like uh, 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 the health care. Of uh, people with Down syndrome, um, and and uh, and as a result, they became isolated and segregated in inhospitable places, and it's and uh, that's why it's uh, really important. Uh, I'm not uh, sugarcoating the truth here. Uh, uh, that is a fact. Yeah. And it really is a matter of, uh, of uh, civil and human rights. Mm -hmm. And and, and to, to, and to uh, uh, deny people with Down syndrome and those with other disabilities uh, 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 the right to live life on their own terms um, is just wrong. Yeah. yeah, it's a civil right and a human rights issue for sure. And it's been amazing to hear you share and to just see and learn about historically the power that people with Down syndrome showing up on Capitol Hill, the changes that have been made because of that, because of sharing stories and because you shared your story. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to see so many lives changed and saved, literally saved. So thank you for doing that. Um, if you don't mind me adding, yes. um, even though I uh, like the message that you're uh, sending in your presentation, the whole uh, showing up, telling your story and all that, 
um, it is uh, um, it is uh, great to uh, uh, hear that message. We need to hear that message, and it's really important to add to uh, uh, advocacy. Mm -hmm. What I've learned through uh, associate, uh, but uh, that's not all uh, all we should do. Uh, as I learned in my uh, uh, sociology, it's really uh, questioning those in power uh, uh, that is the real driver. I think I had mentioned uh, previously on this podcast, uh, C. Wright Mills, mm -hmm. and and uh, and he was the one that that had. Uh, said that in order to make change happen, you have to uh, uh, question the uh, a systemic and structural uh, barriers that are in place, yes. uh, as well as the the uh, the uh, non-disabled people that that uh, that through no fault of their own uh, put barriers in place. And to and um and uh and I just want to drive from the point that and and that is really what it's coming down to. That's good. That's good. Yes, and amen. Um. Okay, Charlotte, we're gonna wrap up here, but I have one more question. It's just a fun question. Do you have any plans for the summer? We're coming up on summer. What are you, do you have any fun plans coming up? Well. I know I'll be uh, going to the beach. Um, I know I will be uh, working a lot. Um, I know I'll be uh, looking into uh, uh, clinical research trials and things like that. That sounds exciting and fun and relaxing all at the same time. Charlotte Woodward, we are... So grateful to get to talk to a legit world changer here. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Thanks for taking the time to share with us today. Again, thank you for having me on this podcast. Uh, you are uh, so very inspirational, and I just want to thank you. Thanks, Charlotte. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be right back. Okay, listener friends, can I be really honest here with you? All right, one of the very best things Josh and I have done in the last few years for our family is to sit down with Philip Clark and his team from Enable Special Needs Planning. Let me tell you more, okay? So I'm an adult. And as an adult, and especially as a parent to two children who have Down syndrome, I have always known that a financial plan for the future is important. Not only do we want to have a plan for our future, but to have peace of mind knowing that there's a plan in place for my kids with Down syndrome, all my kids really, but especially a plan for Macy and Augie for their futures when Josh and I are no longer around. The thing about it is I didn't know how to even begin this planning process. When we learned about Enable and we sat down with them to begin the planning process, I instantly had such peace of mind. Not only were we given one-on-one -on -one attention with experts in the field, but Enable offers a unique approach, not only looking at the future, but starting with now, present day, with August and Mason and all of our family and how we're going to grow and adjust and help plan for our loved ones with a disability. To sit here today and no financial planning is in place for Macy in August offers peace of mind and an exhale. 
So listeners, today, today's a great day for you to start your planning too. You can check out enablesnp.com. That's enablesnp, as in specialneedsplanning.com. If you haven't already, I hope that you'll head over to the Lucky Few Pod Instagram account uh, because you'll see pictures with myself, with Kayla and Matthew and Charlotte. And it was so great to get to meet Matthew's girlfriend, Lucia, and her mom. Uh, I feel like they became fast friends. Kayla McEwen, Matthew Schwab, Charlotte Woodward are world changers. They're just incredible humans all around. And they happen to have Down syndrome. So I'm grateful for their friendship in my life, for their advocacy in this space, um, and for taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you so much to all three of them. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Friends, if you consider yourself a narrative shifter and you want to shout that from the rooftops, head over to theluckyfew.co. Use code podcast to get 10% off all everything in the shop, including our narrative shifting gear. Thanks, Josh Avis, for editing this episode and Ashley Fracolosi for producing it. Friends, this is a great one to share. Um, I hope you'll share it with family, friends, and, and educators. And don't forget to subscribe if you don't already. Check out the luckyfewpodcast.com for show notes and everything we talked about here, links to all the important things. And be sure to follow on social media at the Lucky Few Pod and listener out there advocating however you do it. Just by showing up in a space, you're slaying it. We love you so much here and we're cheering you on. Can't wait to be together for another episode next week. Until then, advocate on. Advocate on.